The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Hey, what's going on, Pinball Land? Welcome to episode number seven of the Pinball Show, exclusively on the Pinball Network. We are going to do our best to keep you informed and entertained here as we talk about pinball. Obviously, that's the podcast. Before we do that, let's check in with Zach and Dennis. Dennis Creasel, Zach Many, what's going on, guys? How are you? The trio is back together. This feels so good. You guys watch the Twippies? That's all the everybody's talking about right now. Is that? I thought everyone was uh, sleeping it off. Yeah. The, the Twippy hangover. Yeah. started today a twip over and some people will have worse hangovers than others which became very apparent as that night went on last night <laughs> really hmm. it was an interesting twippies to say the least we'll we'll cover that I, I guess in the top story this week but how are you two doing dennis what you been up to cromwell i've just been working zach it's that's all i do anymore no oh, man did you do. get an assistant yet no, 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 though we are, uh, we, we have seen some outside groups uh, offer to step it up a little bit. A lot of research organizations can't work on their projects right now because mm. of coronavirus. So they are volunteering to start assisting far more in some deliverables regarding government response to all these isolation and quarantine orders and things of that nature. So I've been involved with a lot of that. And it does look Ugh. like some of our philanthropies are going to be injecting some funding, though most of that funding will benefit the governments, as they should, uh, on their response. But I might get me a little slice. Hopefully you can get a vacation soon. I know Cromwell's been bunkered down in Chicago. Cromwell, you had not only the COVID stuff going on, but you guys had some really horrible storms up there, too. Yeah, it's, it's been a really weird time. It's like... Uh, not cataclysmic events as of yet, but it's like one thing after another. As far as sheltering in place, I've been doing that since uh, 14 years ago, it seems, when my son was born. So I'm just <laughs> kind of used to being in the home and in the subdivision, and we're making do. But I have been fighting off a head cold, which I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, I had a little bit concerns of, oh, my gosh, am I potentially coming down with something? And uh, I am, but it's 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 subsiding now, and it's not anything that was uh, serious, thankfully, uh, to the best of my knowledge. So... <sighs> Sigh of relief. It sounds like you're incubating some corona over there to me. No, no, I don't, I don't believe that that's the case. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because you want to make sure that everybody's being safe. And you've heard all the PSAs, so we don't need to go there necessarily. But be healthy, everybody. Uh, you mean we shouldn't careful. send out an email like every other bank and everybody that sends me emails? We take the coronavirus very seriously. Oh, yes. if I get another email. I'm like, look, I, I get my underwear from you guys. I don't I don't need to know what your stance is on the coronavirus. I'm good. Fruit of loom, back off. Yeah, you know what I think it is though, of like if a company doesn't do that, then it looks like they're not being sensitive to the oh, issue. So I think God. a lot of it's just kind of public relations. It is what Welcome it is. Welcome to two thousand and twenty. I yeah, I didn't get an email from flipping out. So I <laughs> think they're <laughs> yes, probably that's pretty, right. pretty insensitive to this current crisis. You know what? You start something like that, and there would be a thread now on Poonside about it. <laughs> to keep it kind of on that theme, do you have any games available that you're able to sell still, or have you sold them all out? Because I've been hearing some people have been bored and buying up games, and then, of course, we know the manufacturers aren't currently building, so... It really has been mixed. Now, we have been lucky that um, we've been able to get some games from manufacturers... 
Um, and we've got a good inventory right now. We've got some some pre-owned stuff. So no, actually, it's been mixed. I've I've seen some people not buying, but some people buying because of it. So hopefully, it'll balance itself out. But I, I don't know what's to come. It's too early, I think, to 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 tell. I mean, under the circumstances, I have uh, Steve Beatty's Lord of the Rings here at, at in the studio, and with the shelter in place order. I'm not really in a position for him to come pick this up or for me to kind of drop it back off. But what I did do is I recently installed a pin soundboard in Lord of the Rings and I installed a bunch of the different audio mixes and that Wooly mix is in there. Man, Lord of the Rings is an incredible game on its own. But when you really are able to kind of get that pin soundboard and have these different audio mixes installed, the game comes to life in a way in which I had not anticipated. It's unbelievable. And I'm a big pin sound guy. This is not an ad for pin sound. Uh, my thoughts are my own thoughts, but I've always been a supporter of the product. It's 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 pretty incredible. So if you have a pin sound board lying around and you've not taken that extra step to install it in one of your games, now is as good a time as any to experiment with that board because I'm having a lot of fun with Lord of the Rings right and now. And we got to give a lot of credit to Howard Shore as well, the composer of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That music... Because you don't get that off the White Star board. You don't get that right. audio. So when you pull in that audio from the motion pictures, there, it's some of the greatest film composition, in my opinion, ever made. So that screams for a pin soundboard. I agree with you. That's like having Samwise in your Twippy Award itself. <gasps> that was that a highlight was really of that cool. damn show for me. Oh, Sean Astin. Two years back to back where we get some uh, Lord of the Rings Man. slash Hobbit uh, cameos. Bob the, uh, can do no wrong to me. Mm. Well, listen, we're going to get into the Twippies, but first, let's cover some of the industry news. You guys ready? Let's do it. Oh, I can add this again. It's time for TPN Industry News. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. During these tough times with COVID lockdowns springing up everywhere, I got in touch with Jack Guarnieri to find out how their move to Illinois is being affected by the COVID outbreak. Jack said that they're still proceeding with the move while staying in alignment with New Jersey and Illinois COVID restrictions. He wants everyone to stay safe and follow instructions of local governments. He also says he's been keeping in touch with distributors who say that many homebound people have been buying Jersey Jack pinball games lately. A lot of these games have definitely been Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is a game that was up for several Twippy Awards this last weekend. Game was up for all of the major awards including sound effects, theme, callouts, rules, artwork, and gameplay. Make sure to go to the This Week in Pinball site to check out how it did. For the Pinball Show, this has been your Jersey Jack update with Ken Rudberg. Hey, this is Kaz with an American Pinball Update. I reached out to Michael Grant. He let me know that production is temporarily on hold, but those that can work from home are doing so. And the website is now live with all the details and information on Hot Wheels. And he let me know that production is going to resume as soon as the governmental restrictions are lifted. I also reached out to programmer Joe Schober. He informed me that the team is polishing the software so that it shines as brightly as it can once the factory is allowed to open. So the team is still hard at work on the new games. And hopefully everything will get back to normal very soon and they can start shipping some Hot Wheels out to locations and customers. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Cosner. Pandemic production problems, new code updates, and what's up next? Hey everyone, Craig here again, the Pinball Show's Stern News Correspondent. 
Well, now that most pinball production has ground to a halt due to the coronavirus pandemic and barcodes everywhere have closed, beyond Stern figuring out how to clean all the Twippy Awards they won this past Saturday, there really isn't all that much going on these days over at Stern headquarters. Or is there? Hold on, all you virus conspiracy theorists. Just when all seems darkest, stern coder extraordinaire Lyman Sheets gives Alvira's House of Horror owners a welcome light at the end of the tunnel with the robust release of Code Update V.93 for all makes and models. Yes, the new code features many new video clips, new scoring modes, and a fantastic new light show for one of Stern's best titles of 2019. Oh, and in between Netflix binge-watching or homeschooling your children, don't forget to check out Stern's new 12-minute online video about the making of another Stern classic, Stranger Things. And with the postponed release of Heavy Metal and Stern's next Quarterstone title put on hold, many big questions in the month of March emerge in the wake of this world health crisis. Like, how will this change the world of pinball as we know it? Will we see any pinball-related bankruptcies? How will this change the production schedules of all pinball manufacturers? And most importantly, when will production resume? All good questions, but we shall wait and see. That's all for this week, and just remember, be safe, wash your hands after pinball, and for God's sake, keep your f***ing distance! For The Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. All right, always good hearing from the correspondents here on The Pinball Show. As the manufacturers are taking a little bit of a rest from the manufacturing side, you still have the companies that are updating code. You hear that happening in American Pinball. You hear that happening at Stern Pinball. Elvira code just being released. But last night was a huge celebration in the hobby in general and the industry with the Twippy Awards. I think it'd be fun for us to kind of give some feedback and our thoughts in a night that was highly anticipated for such a long time, especially under the current circumstances. Dennis and Zach, Twippies 2019. Let's get into it. All I've got to say is, all right, all right, all right. That's pretty good McConaughey there. Not too bad. Yeah. I, I Dri- saw you. Driving a Lincoln. Little cameo there. <laughs> driving a, gonna go ice fishing, even though I don't know how. So I think a lot of us were trying to figure out exactly what the approach was going to be for the Twippies. For those of you that might not know, the Twippy stands for This Week in Pinball Yearly Awards. It's something that happens every single year. This year hosted by Carrie Hardy and, and Emoto Harney. And we saw something that we weren't quite used to, and that was two people in two different places with the use of technology in green screens, kind of making them look like they were in the same place at the same time hosting a live show presentation. I don't know. Let's get some feedback, guys. How do you think it played well, out? I'm I'm about as biased as they come, so I don't know if the listener wants to hear my opinions on uh, the ceremony. Why the would they be listening like to us if they didn't want to hear your opinion, Zach? You can well, turn the they, station they, right now. They like they like the truth about everything else I'm not associated with, but this one is a little bit uh, close to home. I will say that it was very, if I'm being transparent, it was bittersweet for me to sit and watch it, uh, knowing that I helped create this thing that is now off to college without me and I can't make it peanut butter and jelly sandwiches anymore. So, uh, so it was a little bittersweet. I love the celebration though. And I always like watching whether I'm involved or not, but I'd be interested to hear what, uh, what you thought Dennis and Ken. Well, I thought it was all right. I think you could really tell the technological hurdles they were trying to deal with, given the fact that they couldn't record in the same room. And I guess in in the sense of immersion, I was pulled out of that immersiveness 
because of those, you know, where the the green screen would be would get clipping through the you know the individuals. Their clothes would sometimes clip through the green screen, or so I don't know how else to really describe it. Green and, screens are tough. Uh, and things. I, I, what do I know about green scenes? Next, nothing. I have one in a box that came with some video editing software that I never even opened because I, <laughs> I'm beyond a green screen. We're gonna green screen a show. That's what we're gonna. do. No, we're not. We're never going to. Why not? Because it, it, it looks. You don't get the same after effect seeing when this. You green I think screen. it looks way too hard to want to try and do. <laughs> right. We can green screen the podcast. Nobody would know the difference. It's all audio anyway. So, yeah. I mean, overall, I thought given the the short time frame and the fact that it ended up being covidified and they could not they could not do it in person live that they mm-hmm. worked around it in a reasonable way, but I didn't think it was on the level like the li- I mean, I how can you match a live show with a with pre-recorded show? I think that just kind of the coronavirus just, you know, took that away. With Greg Bone, I mean, come on. Well, and I don't think I watched <laughs> I did not watch the first year Twippies live when you guys oh. did it. So I can't compare it to that. I can only compare it to the live show at TPF and I was just a lot more engaged by the live show than I was sitting at my computer watching it and that was probably yeah. inevitable no matter what, but I mean, that's my take. I wish it would have been live. Like, even when they said it was pre-recorded, that was one of the things I was like, man, like, there's just something about, you know, the mistakes that are being made and the, and the ha- just rolling with the punches. It just feels more immersive when everything is live. Even if it was them split into d- different locations, I would have liked to have seen it live. Yeah, well, It seemed like there was an effort that's to such a try to keep... Yeah, there, were, there was an effort to kind of keep it a little more raw and organic, though. You noticed that not all the deliveries were as polished as they could have been, and I think that was probably intentional. You, you kind of get that feeling of a live show. To have it all aired on premiere and have the audience participation with chat also kind of created a sense of you were taking part in something that was live. So mm-hmm. I get the approach. I was one that thought it would be beneficial for them to have something that was pre-recorded Recorded, edited, and uh, and then live shown. So you know, for for that, I, I I thought it made sense. I actually agreed with the pre-recorded approach personally, but I would have wanted to see it less raw and more highly scripted because of that. Yeah, if you're like, editing, yeah. Well, I'm like, if you're going to do it pre-recorded, I would not. I would not try and emulate live. I would try. It'd be no, we're gonna. It's going to be highly structured, highly scripted, in part to uh, get the time down. Uh, I don't remember. I, we were talking before we started recording how, to me, at the Twippies last year, it felt like it was an hour-long show. Zach, I believe you indicated you, you thought it actually went longer than that. This mm-hmm. was, was 90 minutes, and I felt it. Oh, okay. What was you all's favorite moment of the whole Twippies last night? Rudy. It was me too, Sean Astin. What? That, that was, was a that, that was, was a, a great surprise. I really oh, was a great surprise. Like that. That, that was, was really the cool. highlight for me. That was awesome. The highlight for me, I mean, and I'm just, it is what it is. To be recognized in a top three in two Hell categories yeah. was like a highlight for me. Where and and no, thanks. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that because um, I'm trying to no, boost proud, my own man. ego. That's awesome. Extremely proud to have been recognized by those that have been supportive of of some of the efforts there. So uh, it was not anticipated. I didn't expect that, and uh, for that, I was sincerely. Uh, humbled in and that was the highlight of my evening it, it was a lot of yeah. uh so you were for there ken for on podcast you were in the top three with special with lit and then, yes and uh was it uh streaming was it yes yeah, streaming flipping out, flipping out yeah which is crazy yeah. because we we have not been streaming for i think 10 months i think is when we started that streaming channel so well and there's so many really impressive streamers. given that's a weekly you only stream yeah. weekly shows the commitment that you've 
that you've put into that and the hard work you put into that, it paid off. And rightfully so, you being in that top three, Ken, you've, you've slayed that. We all should be very proud of ourselves. All three of us, you guys, were in the top three nominations for podcasts. Yes. That's cool. Yes, that's and here we true. are all that's three true. together. It's, it's, I it's awesome. did not think of it that way. Um, Canada's Pinball Podcast uh, won first place or for the People's Choice Award for podcasts. Um, so so that wasn't a surprise. <laughs> the the controversial acceptance speech, if you call it that, has been uh, making its way throughout the uh, the YouTube airways. Was that the so moment? Was that the, the was that the trophy breaking or the booing moment that we got from the live ceremony last year? The the acceptance speech. Well, I can't really think of anything else that would be considered controversial, really, of the show. Sure, I mean, there's yeah. some upsets, but yeah, I think that was the moment, and people are heralding it. I mean, they they love that there was a five minute video you know kind of bashing people well you know what blows my mind right is that so pinball is such a niche hobby and podcasting within that niche hobby is like ultra niche right so like you've narrowed down the percentage of people that are real but then that single category has kind of propelled itself to to be close to the climax of the end of of what Mm -hmm. celebrates pinball at the year end and pinball podcasting is uh, is holds court, and and it amazes me that it does that. Yeah, whenever these things were first developed, and it was just the you know the categories of best music and sound, best toys and gimmicks. When I pitched that to Jeff, hey, we need recognition for the media as well, for the people who write the stories about pinball, for the people who cover it in uh, YouTube videos or streaming. That was my big push because I knew that when it comes to pinball and this niche hobby, a lot of people who would be consuming a ceremony or an award show such as the Twippies, they're going to want and would be interested in the peripherals of the industry as well. And I don't think you could have said it better where the best podcast has become one of the biggest highlights. I mean, it sure is a hell a lot bigger than Best Light Show. And that's crazy to even think about. Do you think that and, and, and I'm trying to figure this out myself. And, and I'm looking at the numbers last night. There was what generally just over a thousand people that were watching the Twippies mm-hmm. live. Good turnout. Yeah, absolutely. Of the thousand people that are that are there. And the reason that we're talking about this, or at least I'm bringing this up from a podcast standpoint, is because you all listening to this right now are listening to a podcast. So I'm curious, how are podcast listeners being represented in regards to the entire Twippy audience? Of the thousand people that were there, how many like appreciated the fact that there was a podcast category? It's a good question. I don't know, I, Dennis. Do you have any idea? Like, can no, you speculate? Like, what I, percentage I of the audience? I mean, there were a lot. Even there were new? a lot of vocal supporters in the chat, but it only takes a few right. to overwhelm a chat channel with praise or disdain or whatever emotion you want. We see that on Twitch all the time. So, uh, I don't have a good sense as to in terms of how many. I mean, when you think about it, I would assume if you're interested enough in an award show, you're interested enough in pinball that you're probably consuming a variety mm-hmm. of media. Exactly. Uh, what percentage of that would be podcast consumption? Uh, I don't know. I think in the case of, and it's you know it's difficult to talk about a category where you're in as well because I don't want to come across like having a bias or anything because of I'm in it like I was in for for publication as well and it's like how, it gets a little Absolutely. weird for me to talk about categories where your name's in it as well because yeah. you don't want to come across like if you have a if you have a legitimate thought or concern like it's being driven by sour grapes or bias mm-hmm. or anything along those lines uh 
it seems a little disproportionate, maybe a lot disproportionate about the attention that podcast gets. I think that's because the now three-peat winner is controversial. And that's all that really drives. It's not really a love of podcasting that drives the attention to that category. It's that one of the most prolific podcasters in the hobby is controversial and controversy drives attention. I see that argument. So I think that's why, I mean, nothing's controversial about light show. There's not a publication. There was no, there's no real, I mean, now there, there was a, there could, there was a surprise though. Holy crap. That was an upset. Coin off carnival didn't win. That was, that was the number one shock of, for me of the night. Yeah. That's what kind of looking back at what we've created here. That's what, uh, when people argue, Oh, we need this, award ceremony it doesn't need to be a people's choice it needs to be this i always poo-pooed and thought no this is this is all of us getting to vote but when something happens like that i don't know i i think coin op carnival was a good example of a piece of work in pinball that deserved even more recognition uh, than it received even last night in the top three so i i keep going back and forth now because i'm like Ah, the popularity vote doesn't feel good here because Coin Op Carnival, that's something new, something fresh. That should have that should have been given it. Nothing to that's not to take away from the juices loose Justin over there with Pimmel Magazine. Because he does impeccable work. I get it. But this year, it was a coin op carnival year. And it, it kind of saddened me when I seen that the people people didn't back that. Well, well and, and again, it is yeah. a people's choice award, right? So a lot of it is just going to be brand awareness and where something mm-hmm. might have come in that's new to the hobby that deserved uh, accolades. Not You're not always going to get that in necessary of a popularity vote because the exposure yeah. isn't there. And you'll see that too with, with games being chosen, uh, categories, podcasts, uh, streamers, YouTubers. I mean, it is oh, what look, it is. A look, lot of it's look, exposure. Ro- rookie of the year. I mean, let's look at rookie of the year. The top three nominees for Rookie of the Year, including myself and my wife for distribution, Jack mm-hmm. Danger for a homebrew that was arguably, uh, was it complete, was it not complete? He did end up winning, taking home the victory for the homebrew of the year. Right. And then there was Tim Sexton Tim Sexton uh, for being the, the his first lead on a game. Yeah, it is a popularity vote. I was humbled and I was overwhelmed by my wife and I even being placed in the top three Sh- at listeners at home side note. If you guys would have seen her face just being listed in that top three, it, I, uh, we cannot thank you enough. It was unbelievable. But at one point, I looked at her and I thought, shit, sweetie, we, we could win this thing. But what does that really say? Because we shouldn't. No, rookie of the year. Not Recognition is fine, and uh, I think that was good to get recognition for it. But we shouldn't have won that. Tim Sexton is a lead coder. Right. That category is very loose. So it, it opens up doors of opportunity for those that are doing something that's new within the hobby to be recognized as rookie status. But I think without question for me anyways, and I didn't go dissect my Twippy votes categorized uh, on any shows or anything, but I thought the person that earned uh, that rookie of the year status, uh, which who, who was Tim Sexton, I think that was rightfully mm-hmm. uh, awarded to him. Well, that or was Martinez with his, that was his my artwork. In, that I, was my writing, I never too. was a fan of that category because of how broad it is. But I've expressed that on other shows before. Just just logistically, I, you know, yeah. it's not my well, it's not my award ceremony. I would have structured things very, very differently. I, I think it's wise where on those what we used to call the writing categories, you know, how they are emphasized as being favorites, not bests and because it's because of the a recognition of Absolutely. the obviously it's all of it's all a popularity vote it's a people's choice award but 
With that said, if I had devised it, we would be doing preferential rank voting with so people could. Well, well, because I'm thinking back to the write-ins and stuff and how you had instances, scenarios where things like Slap Save didn't make it in. And a lot of people were like, well, Slap Save was my number two or number three podcast. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, but there's no way to reflect that currently. It's It's a first past the post thing yeah and that's and I, I i will take a little bit of uh heat for that because last year it just made so much sense to have a rookie of the year in retrospect um i can see why it fell a little bit on the wayside this year when there wasn't as many uh prolific rookies of the year if you will uh to cr- as creators in the industry so i i take a little bit of uh onus for that well there's that, a lot i mean there are a lot of ways to craft. There's there. a lot of ways to craft an award. It's even saying it's going to be a people's choice award. There's just a lot of different flavors that and different people are going to have different interpretations. I'm not I'm not yeah. embittered by how rookie of the year is. It's just as a category, I would never have backed its yeah, style and you're right. that that's, it is. But. but that's where and this is a good discussion because that is where an award show may need to make modifications year after year. You know, there's a there's a common sense approach that needs to be made to uphold objectivity and to create, uh, you know, an award show that reflects what the feelings actually are in recognition that should be uh, that should be emphasized. Sure. And in all the past years, we've seen that out of the Twippies. I'm I'm going to Mm -hmm. assume for the next go, there will be modifications yet again. I think one of the biggest moments, for better or worse, was Kaneda's acceptance speech. Even though I was the butt of the joke at the beginning. It was the pinball network getting some more airplay there at the Twippies. Yeah, I was going to say that, Ken. Like, look, if you want to spend four minutes uh, just showcasing me again and, and the insecurity and fear you have of of me taking something from you. Uh, look, and you did it with one of my idols. A little all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey on one of my favorite films ever made in Interstellar with Christopher Nolan. Come yeah. on. You couldn't have picked a better example there. I'm really friend, torn on how that played out, right? So I, I did not like it. Uh, and not the, not the part where criticizing the, I mean, there's a, it has a bit of a sore winner vibe. You know, it's uh, most people don't take acceptance speeches to gloat. Uh, but setting that aside, the the I guess roasting. I, I'm I'm sure the intent was to be entertaining, and so sure, this sort right. of roasting of all these people in the industry that are designing and working on games and stuff. But normally, the rules to doing roasts are are fairly structured. You know, if you ever watch like a Comedy Central roast, and I love roast. I love uh, yeah, I've seen. Plenty. I love nasty comics like Lisa Lampanelli. I'm a fan. So yeah. Don't don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I do. I do enjoy. You like Lampanelli? Yeah. Uh, she's not the best, but I, yeah. I like her willingness to be harsh because that's what a roast no. requires. But generally speaking, when you look at things like this, there are two styles of roast that I'm familiar with. One is when the subject goes in to be roasted and they, they're they in on it. Like they set the parameters on things that you right. want to talk about. Uh, and, mo- and otherwise, it's like, just destroy me. That's how it's supposed to be. Uh, a lot of fun. And then there's sort of the approach where the MCs do good-natured roasting. I'm thinking this is like Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes, where sure. you know as the MC you're gonna he's gonna roast everyone in the room. That's just the style, uh, and you go in understanding that. Uh, when you look at award ceremonies, it is not normal <laughs> to see roasting mm-hmm. styles happen from people who are accepting awards, and thus I think that's where it. It adds to that controversy. I get that. It, I guess it, it matches his style of his show. So maybe some people kind of expected that. But 
when you say it's about celebrating pinball and then Mm -hmm. you're letting someone just sort of make fun of everyone, I don't, I'm not sure everyone who was in that video uh, took it as something funny. So I'm surprised that Jeff Patterson, just knowing Jeff allowed it to be aired, to be honest, because Jeff from the creation of this, the very beginning, he was always very open with Greg and I about this needs to include everyone. We don't need to alienate anyone. We take all negativity. We take it out. And it felt like there was a, just a very abrupt change of tone that was allowed this year. That was very surprising to me. Cause I just, I personally know how sensitive he was, uh, to that so i'm surprised it was even aired i think if if anything chris always he's always negative about podcasts going too long brother man how about editing your damn acceptance speech to about 30 seconds jeez but uh, i don't i was mixed on i thought it was it was entertaining well there was a lot uh, of work like in that a, video you could see it you could see there was yeah, a lot of effort yeah, that was, was put in that i was whole, glad that he knows how to edit that's that awesome. whole segment though was way too long when you think about yeah the, the macho long, uh, intro it was just it was so much longer than any of the other intros uh his chris's acceptance was really long and then carrie's riff against chris after that made it even lo- i was like i was looking at my watch there I, was a lot like, of attention go? drawn to that category which is kind of how i started this conversation yeah. of the thousand plus people that were watching that how many of those could have appreciated exactly what was happening at that point did you start and this was right before you kind of got into game of the year so that's what most people are waiting to hear but arguably i think people were waiting to see what was going to happen with the podcast category again the whole thing fascinates me kind of but again it wasn't live so you knew everything was pre-planned with that being pre-planned and and i'm not saying i'm supportive or i'm against the acceptance speech video that chris killers put out I, I am just a little bit surprised that it, it did air in its entirety. Uh, now, there was, a, there was a disclaimer at the bottom uh, that was scrolling that was basically saying, hey, you know, these uh, opinions are not necessarily those of those that are part yeah, of the Yeah, but that felt pieces. like more of part of the joke. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I would say, It was though, controversial where at, you could at the see, very least. Where you could see where there was not at least full understanding by the attendees in the premiere channel was... There was a lot of support. Uh, obviously, he he won, as we all expected him to. He has a lot sure. of fans. There was a lot of support for what he did in the video. But then when Carrie did the same thing back, there were a lot of people basically calling Carrie bitter and salty and not getting that he was doing the exact same thing, even though it was tremendously obvious to anyone who has any sort of sense of humor that that was the strategy going on. So uh, there was a little bit of just sort of fanboyism going on as well. And people weren't really getting the joke. They just, it's sort of like, you like that. You like what Chris does and you'll back anything he does. And then if someone goes against it, you see, it's, it's more tribal. It's a a manufactured competition that is not there, but people, people really get up in arms. Oh, there is a competition. Oh, he, you know, these people are poo pooing this guy because they didn't ask him to be part of the like it's this fabricated oh, oh, I competition see what you're, I see what you're saying yeah you know yeah. I, I have seen everybody else like no from, we're just making podcasts well and that it is sort of funny i do i've seen obviously as a as a longtime podcaster i've seen that from time to time maybe less so than than you do zach uh because <laughs> that's you're for more damn sure. and you know who, do, who doesn't like me and then and ken because you were so successful you obviously have a very large podcast uh the podcast i come from was much much smaller audience but 
I get along with most. I don't listen to all pinball podcasts. There are a number of popular ones I do not listen to because they're not for me. But mm-hmm. I get along with a lot of podcasters. I behind yeah. the scenes, a lot of us. Talk, I mean, outside of TPN and everything else, talk to each other all the time. We we of say course. things about the segments we like, the things we don't like. People have asked me for suggestions. I've asked other people for help on things that I think I could use work on. It's it's really quite friendly. So I'm always a little surprised that it's almost like there's a, a, and I'm sure it's a very small section, but there's almost like there's a section of the hobbyists in pinball that want us to hate each other. And I don't, I don't get it. I just, Oh, but I also believe that there's a section in the hobby and it's content creators that thrive on that competition. And if that competition isn't there, they're not as motivated to, to go and put forth their full effort. So even if that, even if that competition is artificially, kind of created, it helps to motivate that person to continue to uh, put out content. Another thing I loved seeing was uh, that Mike Vinicor is accepting the awards again on Stern's behalf. I love I love that Vinny, even from home, he's accepting the awards. Is there is there a reason that Keith doesn't um, participate in the Twippies like to accept the awards? Because I can understand if like he's not going to be able to make it to a show, he's not going to be able to make it to Texas or whatever, that's yeah. fine. Well, but he I had mean, a, friend, a friend accept a couple sure. of the awards on his behalf, right? Right. Is it that he just is a little humble or he doesn't feel comfortable? I, I guess I have to reach out to Keith and ask. I never thought to ask him that. I just thought before it was because of uh, proximity of where he was to the rewards and he wasn't able to get out there. But at this point, there Some could have been a video just, uploaded they, or something. They don't, they don't like being in front of the screen, the limelight. But then again, the other side of me sure. is like, Jesus, man, we, we, the, Sean Aston showed up. Like, can we, can we maybe yeah, not just yeah, get a 10-second right. yeah, right. video, right. Keith, of you I saying thanks for the best uh, game of the year award or best designer? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a, I'm gonna take a 180 on this and say, who cares? Yeah, I was gonna I, say that too. I, I don't care I, either that, way. That's but. my thing, and I have no idea. I haven't spoken to Keith Elwin about it, but I assume uh, he didn't accept it because he doesn't really care about these awards. And I was when gonna, you think well, about see, how many right. awards this man mm. has won. It, doing much, much more challenging things for him than being. But, a, I, I, but, I think, I think but, being an awesome designer comes easy to him. I think it comes easy. I think. I think a lot of people do care, though. You say, "Who cares?" I think there's a people that have supported Keith in his games and would probably like to hear from him. Uh, maybe not on the Twippies. That's not his thing. I totally get it. But I think there are, are people that do care. Do I personally care? I don't care, but I am curious. Uh, and maybe that I'm I, contradicting myself and saying Well, no, that. no, it's fair enough, except that I, I, not to push too aggressively, but uh, that's not anyone's place to decide. It's you are, you all, myself included, are buying products. We are buying products. Mm-hmm. We vote with our wallets on what we like and what we don't that's like, be it point. by buying a game or dropping a quarter on location. And if Keith doesn't want to accept an award for whatever reason, it is not our place to judge that. That's up to him. Of course. Oh, That's, and I'm not judging. Again, I'm just asking a question. And so, and, well, uh, no, it's a If fair it's question. not appropriate for me to do so, I apologize. No, I'm no, not it, trying to start any controversy it, with no, Keith Ellen. Stir, I, I just stir the pot. That's what people want. We've just talked about that with podcasting. People want. <laughs> right, so right. My, 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 my point would be, it's like, if you think you, and I'm just talking to the audience, if you think that sure. Keith Elwin owes you because you gave him a Twippy Award to come on and accept it and say something to you, then you are not voting for the right reasons. It's an interesting, I don't know interesting that, take. Yeah, I don't know that anybody feels that it's owed, but again, and this goes back to my whole thing, like it'd be nice for pinball manufacturers to reveal games at pinball shows because you know you've, your fan base is there, they want to hear from you. Uh, do they owe it to the fan base to do that? Not necessarily. If those that wanted to hear from Keith... Um, 
were disappointed because he wasn't able to give content to the Twippies. I don't know that they necessarily felt that it was owed, but it was disappointed because it was something they, they would have liked to have absorbed that night in celebrating games that they had voted for. Sure. I, I get it. I would have liked the okay. Twippies to have been a live award, but I don't always get what I want. I get you. No, that's that's your life, isn't it, Dennis? There's a difference, though. There's a difference I'm, between... Don't let those like, Twippies fool you. I'm a winner. There's a difference between... like wanting something and feeling as if something is owed to you. And that's where I want to make sure that I'm I'm putting a line in the sand. I'm not saying that I thought that anybody felt that they were owed, but it's something that maybe they would have liked to have had happen. If that, I might be saying. fair here, Dennis, you said that he doesn't care about these awards. But before the show started, he did kind of snap a selfie that says Twipper Blazer activated, to be fair. So I think I merely postulated that that might be the reason why he didn't do it. I- okay. Maybe he was like me, and I didn't I didn't want to do an acceptance speech because I'm like, I'm going to feel like a damn fool if I record an acceptance speech and don't win. That's why I didn't record any, because I'm like, I'm not going to win anything. Well, you see, and this is a a sausage-making behind-the-scenes thing. Once I heard that people had been approached to record acceptance speeches on the chance that they could win, when I hadn't been asked to do any, I knew I hadn't won anything. I didn't. I knew I didn't win anything either because there was rumors going around. It's and I, I guess I wasn't anticipating winning anything, but it's like I wasn't asked. I was out of the Twippies this year, so no big deal. Yeah. No, no, no I, I wasn't surprised, but I just thought, oh well, that kind of took some of the mystique away from it. Because yeah. then I thought, well, maybe Look, they asked the top three, and that means I wasn't in the top three on anything. Which, yeah, I, yeah, mean, I don't know the how they did of, that. Of, See, of podcast, I guess I was, and in the case on publication, I wasn't, and nor should I have been. Uh, but it's like. Hmm. Okay. But again, that the I don't think the ceremony is for the content creator so much as for the pinball community as a whole. I mean, how many people of the thousand? That'd be an interesting question. How many people of the thousand who watched are content creators? Yeah, that's true because there's a lot of support within the industry amongst the content creators. And again, that's a that's not to get back to the pinball network, but that was kind of the big idea behind the pinball network: content creators kind of working together, supporting mm-hmm. each other. It's the whole. It's the whole thing. It's it's the whole the business plan, so to speak, work together. That's why it's on one RSS feed. It's one team. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, hey, but don't, so when we're looking at this award show, did Stern win the night? They took home the most awards. Oh, Jurassic yeah. Park yes. shined. Black Knight even got some, some wins for Dennis Creasel that I didn't think it was going to win. Black Knight was my most voted for game, even though I did not give it game of the year. I, I remember you saying Category that. by category, I felt it actually won most of those categories. It just There's a lot about it that was impressive, even though I just think as an overall package, Jurassic Park is a better game. Yeah, I really like that Elvira House of Horrors had received more recognition yeah. than I anticipated I going in, and I thought that. it was much deserved. Absolutely. Given no yeah. pro model, I really thought Elvira just wasn't going to have the exposure to win anything. Absolutely. Right. If you look at best music and sound effects, it was taken home by Black Knight Sword of Rage by Stern Pinball with 33% of the votes, which is, that's hefty, you guys. I would have thought with that John Williams original score from Jurassic Park, it would have got more than second place at 21 percent that was surprise even Willy Wonka in the top three on the music and sound effects kind of surprised me yeah I'm not surprised Black Knight ended up winning that one but yeah it was there was some competition I I if anything I'm a little surprised Wonka was that high but yeah Wonka kind of had a uh, again a controversial audio package from launch where Mm -hmm. some had compared it to uh, the slot machine type of sound but I think as it's evolved I don't know that it's greatly changed but it's become more accepted by a lot of people um, in regards to audio package goes and speaking of willy wonka it walked away with the twippy for best theme 
I think that was an upset. I did not see them winning over Jurassic Park theme. I, I agree. I did not think it was going to win that one, but I'm not blown away by the idea. Wonka is Jersey Jack Pinball's strongest theme to date, in my opinion. I agree. But Jurassic Park is a blockbuster film that still holds up. 23% to 32%, that is statistically significant. I, I'm surprised there was that big of a spread. Was there a difference between... There's so many awards. Was there best theme and best theme integration? Yes. Or was best... Yes. Okay. And best okay, theme yeah. integration went to Jurassic Park with about right. 34% of the vote, and Wonka had 22%. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. I, 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 yeah, that, that threw me. And then even uh, Jurassic Park, of course, is going to take home best toys and gimmicks. It's got a freaking T-Rex that roars and throws That the ball. one I actually thought should have gone to Black Knight. The, the spinning flail really? toy. Well, the no. toy. Yeah, well, because that toy's on the pro even. Jurassic Park. Pro doesn't have the throwy T-Rex. So, and a lot yeah. of people have only, I've only played the Pro. But if you're picking your best model, Jurassic, that's the winner. See, it's weird to me, like, where I, I think it's an impressive toy. I'm perfectly fine with getting a Pro Jurassic Park. I don't need that dinosaur picking up the ball. It doesn't even look right, like a T-Rex. It looks like a brontosaurus. Oh, right. stop. I yes, just don't, does. I don't need it. I just don't. I mean, I think it's ingenuitive, but it's, it's okay. It's a brontosaurus toy. We don't count disqualified for my money on best toys and gimmicks i would actually give elvira's house of whores the nod over black knight that's one of the coolest toys that we've seen in pinball in quite some time that big house all lit up that has multi-interactive pieces to it mm-hmm. that and you've got a you got a, a ball locking trunk on the ramp you got a buck you got a crip I thought Elvira's House of Horse would creep into that top three, but I was wrong. Yeah, uh, again with Elvira, it, with no pro model existing, I I'm amazed. I'm amazed it got top three on anything, much less won anything. Just yeah. just what, exposure reasons. But I agree, the house is very cool. What did you guys think about Best Homebrew? It was won by Jack Danger. Honorable mentions: Castlevania, well deserved by Justin Kalinowski, mm-hmm. and Spaceballs, the pin by Wolf Marsh. Right. Now Spaceballs, I don't, man. I remember being in the early committee meetings and us trying to differentiate what's eligible and what's not. I was I was pulling for Justin Kalinowski with the Castlevania pin, and it's cool I pin. I've played that pin, and I was able to play it at a show, and I was supportive of his efforts. That being said, everybody in the homebrew community deserves a, a big oh, you know hats off because there's yes. so much work that goes involved into that. Um, Dead Flip from Dead Flip Pinball Streaming won that category. Uh, with his pin, I'd never flipped his pin, so I guess arguably cool. I may I should not have maybe even considered voting in that category because I didn't play all these homebrew pins. But the one that I did play and that I was supporting um, from with my Twippy vote was Castlevania, mm-hmm. and I, I voted for the Dead Flip pin. It was the only one I was familiar with. I liked the look yeah. of the, I like the look of the layout. Uh, I can't wait for you guys. I've been consulting with somebody doing a homebrew machine right now. And it is such my theme and the integration and the mechs in it are so phenomenal that if they're able to get it done for next year's, it's a landslide. Like, it's so exciting. Can't wait. And I don't think anybody knows about it, but oh, it's going to be so cool. I know about it. Oh, <gasps> Do you? I know all. What about favorite pinball location? Here's where Logan won again. Logan Arcade in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Crystal, I'm sorry. <sighs> we had the same top three again. And is Logan really the everyone's favorite pinball location? Yeah, I Logan's pretty in this good category, place. but uh, I'm not eh, surprised it won. Eh, I mean, even in Chicago alone, Emporium, 
I don't know. That, There's there are, yeah, there are that's a lot of nice arcades that offer pinball in the Chicagoland area. Logan Hardware or Logan Arcade, though, has, has been around for a while. It's established, and it comes yeah. out of the city in which pinball is, is born. It's the heart of pinball in Chicago. It doesn't surprise me that Logan uh, wins that, and I, I think it is deserved. Uh, I don't agree with this category in a People's Choice Award. I think it I think that this is an international award, and this is too niche of a category mm. uh, that relies too much on people. It's like, look at the example in Homebrew where I said, Jack Dangers was the only game I had seen. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, then how many people actually played all the other ones? You feel the same way about uh, the favorite pinball league in which bells and chimes did yes, take the I win do. out of San Antonio. The I honorable do. mentions were New England Pinball League and Titletown. I thought New England might have won because of such the large amount of people in that league, well deserved by bells and chimes, but the same kind of thing there. Competitive yes, pinball yeah, no, player. I've said that as well know, as some yeah, of these well, categories. Even more so than location because. How can you play in a league that you are not in? And so generally you need to live in the area to play in the league. Right. So well, and you're not, not traveling the country to play in all these leagues. You don't have that opportunity right, to right, do right. that. And yeah. then kind of so, But do you understand off. why we included it? I think I understand the logic that you ran through your brain to do it. It's not so my logic at all. Right? Did it bounce around up there? Bing bong bing bing. And we're celebrating pinball. We, as if I'm still part of it. <laughs> Let's move on. Best animations and display, so, my boy. so sad, man. It's like JP to win with a, oh my gosh. Talk about squeezing out the win here. Number one, I did not know, because this, uh, this is not my favorite JP to win work that he's done at Jersey Jack Pinball with Willy this Wonka was for and the Willy Chocolate Wonka. Factory. Yep. Yeah, best animations in display. But he edged it out 23.6% to 23.3% over Jurassic Park, which has some cool effects, but animation-wise, probably not my favorite Chuck Ernst work either. Black Knight, for me, was kind of the one that stood out. Even Elvira, for that, for that matter. Black Knight and Elvira were both better than Wonka or, J- or Jurassic Park, in my view. Black Knight stood out immediately when it was released. It was like it was when you saw that. All right, Stern is really stepping it up as far as yeah. these animations go. It was impressive. That, that being said, claymation feel. Mm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of what Willy Wonka has animation wise isn't necessarily on that main screen. I mean, when you look at something as simple as the match sequence on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, there's so much that went into that. Whereas that might not have been a. a Something that was considered as even a yeah. important with with another uh, manufacturer or another game integration so, with the camera into the animations mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. It's a good. It looks good. I I don't mean to suggest it was ugly, but just I don't think it was at that level. But it was a very close vote. So. I'd like to see that camera. Can we get a better resolution camera <laughs> for these you. Jersey Jack pinball machines? Yeah. Because it's like that's a feature that is being attention is being drawn to that and whenever it takes my picture man i'm just like man i hope nobody sees this because it's it's, i look horrible Mm. even more so i need a better resolution camera on those like a polaroid yeah polaroid would would might be a little bit better i think it's the angle too in which it's taking my picture it always looks like i just had a real rough night (laughs) maybe that's every night for you ken yeah maybe you did (laughs) mr malore last 15 days oh jeez favorite pinball website went to Pinside, the honorable mentions were match play events. I'm glad that they got that recognition in the top three because I didn't 
I didn't think that would get enough. And then this week in pinball, got the other designation. Favorite pinball conventions. We're used to TPF, Chicago Expo, and Replay FX all being in the top three. And then the favorite competitive pinball player, Keith Elwin, etched it out over Bowen Karens and Jack Danger. Favorite pinball tournament, Pinburg took it home. Everybody thought that. Uh, Texas Wizards tournament. People really like that tournament. That showed up in the top three last year, I believe. Um, best callouts went to Elvira House of Horrors. Well uh, deserved there. I agree too. I agree too. Well Again, deserved. Elvira had a lot more representation than I would have anticipated, and I thought rightfully so. So good on the community for being fair and balanced on as to the best of their ability to to nominate these things. The voice actor accepting the Elvira's award that was my that was my favorite acceptance speech. Tim Crisco, that was cool. absolutely Tim Criscow is is an unbelievable guy. If you get a chance. Head to Head Pinball Podcast did an interview with him, and it was probably my favorite pinball interview oh, of all one. time. The guy's got a great personality. He's been around forever, and that the energy that he brought to that acceptance speech it was it was entertaining. It went a little longer than some of the others, but you didn't mind it as much. And he just seems like a fun guy. Like I would like to, I would love to sit down and have a a, a beer with that guy and just talk mm-hmm. pinball. Yep. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Dennis. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Best Light Show went to... Now this, I think the people got it right. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory at 40% of the votes. Next up was Black Knight Sword of Rage at 15.4. Yeah, we can't forget that flame in the background on that backboard. That was cool. But Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I think objectively had the Best Light Show. Often, as Jersey Jack pinball machines do. I would agree too. Yeah, it was my vote. As it was mine. And then we got to the oh the dumbest freaking category the gear YouTube channel Papa wins over straight down the middle in TNT Papa <laughs> <sighs> that was my favorite guess, one let well, me tell you they have uh, their tutorials right on uh, YouTube they had a couple this year yeah yeah I mean honestly I, there was a surprise in that category for me uh, again everybody a lot of effort went into everything uh, on that category but straight down the middle had my vote and uh, I was very surprised to see that you guys uh, did not take that Twippy home. Nothing Hear against Pop or anybody din. else in that category. He uh, but voted it was a for little, us. It was, Maybe if I had voted for Straight Out of the Middle, it would have won. I think Dennis was the swing vote on that. Uh, <laughs> but of all the surprises of the night, I that was one or two as far as me being a little bit surprised. We were happy to be in the top three sure. Um, because we we worked really hard last year. Uh, and some of the pieces, we may not have had the quantity that we did in previous years, but I really think it uh, we showed up quality-wise in some of the production that we did, especially for some of the manufacturers. Um, we were really proud. So top three was very much appreciated by us. And you can't take anything away from Papa. I mean, Papa's been no, there forever. No. The Bowen Karen's tutorials are their greatness. We have favorite pinball streamer is Dead Flip, of course. That was yep. candidly well-deserved. The guy lives, eats, breathes pinball streaming that's his um, baby the birth of pinball yeah. streaming came out of chicago illinois but hot dead, damn we have flip. flipping out pinball that we mentioned before nicely done ken but we also had papa tv pinball yep. there as well my favorite category favorite pinball topper of 2019 black knight sword of rage and steve ritchie took that home over medieval madness remake topper and star wars r2d2 look a little love for the r2d2 topper i like seeing boop, that boop, boop, boop. I'm not yeah. a fan of the RTD2 topper, but I am of we the know. Black Knight Sword of Rage <laughs> topper. And the Black Knight Sword of Rage topper was something that Steve Ritchie, when that game was released, he's like, wait until you see the topper. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it did not disappoint. I think no, it's cool. That hammered I, I, home. This one was in no way surprising. It was so no. much cooler than anything else. Anytime Agreed. you have a topper that sells games, 
because of an accessory, that's a winner. I would agree. Best artwork. Oh, Christopher Franchi finally gets his day in the sun by mm-hmm. winning best artwork for his work on the Munsters by Stern Pinball with 25% of the votes. That was my that was my pick. Uh, I think it was pretty clearly the best art package. Uh, I agree. I voted for Munsters. Fully it was agree. well. I think that what the concern might have been was would have been that maybe that game because it was released in January of that year that something would have been more fresh on people's mind during the voting. Mm-hmm. But to think about it, it was the first game that we saw that year, and that art package held through the entire year and, and won that Twippy. So congratulations, Chris Franchi. Absolutely. I think that artwork, especially the black and white rendition, will go down as maybe one of the best art packages in pinball history. Whoever had that idea for the black and white? The only huge. thing that stood out to me was, because of its low exposure, I personally think cosmic carnival should have done better than six and a half percent but fully agree but who played it who saw it fully so. agree that and you know what uh martina's work on the star wars comic edition yes, yes. i yeah, no, really that, think that that, that would have been some... my, my order would have been top three monsters cosmic carnival comic edition hmm. that's my top three hmm. i can see that I could definitely see that. But yeah, not, the Munster's nice. Even though Chris won't talk to me. I don't know why I've made him mad. He won't won't respond to me. I still love his artwork. It's because it's a friendly podcast community. <laughs> he sent me a note. That's why. He oh, a, stop he rubbing a, it in. He a photo of my neon sign. Ugh, God. Hey, come to think of it, I haven't spoken to Franchi in a long time either. Yeah, but he responds to you. He just downright doesn't like me. Well, I don't know that I've reached out to him recently. I, you know what, though? He's busy with his super awesome pinball show. and uh, You know it would be super awesome if he d- at least wasn't mad at me. Chris, what is going on? Best play field, gameplay, and layout. Jurassic Park. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, easily. easily. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't you ask, no, Zach. No, the no, 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 The per- numbers don't lie, Zach. 53.6%. Come on. It just curb stomped everything else. I thought Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was a strong uh, runner up there. With yeah. the and it was. Layout. It was clearly easily second place compared to everything else. I'm going to give Jurassic Park the, the nod. I, I'm fine with that. The problem I'm having is the discrepancy between Willy Wonka and Jurassic Park. I think that something like a, a gameplay and layout, I think that's a, a category that is a bit more objective. There is some math behind that. There's some geometry behind that. And Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, people can say what they want. That is one of the greatest Pat Lawler layouts ever made. It never gets old. That layout never gets old. Some of the unique shots in that we've never seen in pinball. The same can be said for Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park's pretty fresh take on a layout also. So, I mean, both those pins were innovative in the way of playfield design, at least for me last year and i could not be disappointed to be stuck with one or the other and it would be difficult for me to choose between the two Mm -hmm. well maybe this just shows designers that are listening or paying attention that the top two vote getters were unique different layouts and that's what people are wanting in 2020 and years beyond well and at least in 2019 that's what they got uh here i think wonka would have fared a lot stronger you wouldn't see this well, it was clearly distinctly, you know, it's safely almost 10% above third place in terms of being in second. But mm-hmm. remember, this is a first past the post voting system. It's not preferential rank. So in preferential rank on playfield gameplay and layout, I would have given my number one points to Jurassic Park, but I would have put Wonka at number two. 
because I really like the layout. So when you're asking people, okay, you can only pick one and your thoughts about the other are in no way reflected on the vote tally, that's why you're going to see this sort of disparity because I do believe, even objectively speaking, there's more uniqueness to the Jurassic Park gameplay and its layout that's going to stand out to more the majority of people. And it clearly mm-hmm. did in the vote because, I mean, this ain't a plurality. They got He got a majority. That dinosaur fed on this goat. Nom, nom, nom. On best rules, we had Jurassic Park walk away. I think at the time of voting, that makes sense. You would have seen a hell of a lot more votes for Elvira's House of Horrors if it was measured and voted upon now. But yeah, the, if I were to vote on it now, Avira would have been my number two, but it's mm-hmm. still well below Jurassic Park uh, yeah. in terms of best roles. Yeah, Willy Wonka end up with number two over Black Knight at the third position. Then we get to game of the year. We all seen it coming. We knew it was coming. Jurassic Park took it home with damn near 50% of the votes for game of the year designed by Keith Elwin and produced by Stern Pinball. Congratulations. Much deserved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not only is that the game of the year, but from a sales standpoint, whew, that is a damn juggernaut. I still mm. wonder if Willy Wonka, if there were more Wonkas that were in circulation, how that may have impacted the uh, voting because you have more people yeah. that had an opportunity to play Willy Wonka. Mm. I don't I'm think not taking away here. from the accolades of Jurassic Park because uh, I think the voting was absolutely fair. Yeah, I don't think it would have mattered here just because Jurassic Park, it was special. Man, it, it is like I was explaining Monsters going down as being a special piece of artwork that transcends this specific year. I think Jurassic Park's going to do the same thing. It is Iron Maiden cool, but with a theme that wins everyone over. Go back and look at this award show. Look at everybody that was nominated and what an incredible year in, uh, in oh, pinball. What a great year of pinball. 2019 was damn good. And I'm glad that Jurassic Park didn't just take home every award like I feared it could have. It was a good mix-up. No, yeah, I thought we saw a lot of diversity in the best of categories for these games. If you don't mind, I mean, and this is like, if I could add one Twippy onto this, it would go to the pinball community because last year, a collective effort from everybody in pinball did raise over $50,000 for Project Pinball. Wow, and I yeah. thought that that was, uh, that was a huge way in which we all came together for a common goal. So, you know, hats off to the pinball community for that. That's the only reason this thing exists. It's people that are listening to the show right now. That's mm-hmm. why the Twippies exists. Let me ask you guys this. Now that we're, we've just talked about this big celebration of 2019, I think we all three agree it was an incredible year. Strongest year in my memory of pinball going back to when I first started getting games in 2012. Will 2020 be a stronger year than 2019? With regard to what? What are we measuring? Game, games, the quality, what we see, the excitement, just, however you want to define it. I'm going to say yes, and I can tell you why. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm going to say no, but you okay. go ahead and tell me why you I'm think gonna, it's a yes. I'm going to say yes because everybody's going to jump on this, oh, the, the COVID thing is delayed things, it's an off year. No, the market's going to be down. No, if I'm talking just distinct creation We're always evolving in pinball. Things are always becoming more innovative year after year. And I think what you're going to see in 2020, and we're going to start seeing it in the next month or so, we're going to see some dynamite pinball machines being released. Look at Multimorphic with Heist that we can talk about here in a bit. That pales in comparison to anything they've ever done. You've got the rumored announcement of Stern's next game that is supposed to be a freaking juggernaut. 
a juggernaut. Then when you think that Keith Elwin can crank out a layout every year, maybe we get another Keith Elwin game. And then the follow-up to Eric Minier's Pirates of the Caribbean, who people still can't get enough of. We, we're going to have a game possibly from him coming up this year. You got CGC potentially with two releases this year. American Pinball is going to ride right on Hot Wheels. Maybe we see something else from them this year. 2020, I think. Well, as, don't forget Rick and Morty, right? Then we've got Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, the 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 highest selling pinball machine by Spooky. 2020, I think is it may take just a slight edge, but it's going to beat out 2019. Mark my word. Numbers don't lie. What do you think? Your Dennis? words are Mark. Now, no, Dennis has no. an opposite take yeah, on this. Zach is way underestimating the impact of COVID, uh, and there's no way we're going to get that number of games he's possible. Right, I'm not a Dennis Downer. There's no way we're going to get the output for all those games. Uh, it's just It doesn't make any sense because the lines are shut down, and they've everything's just backing up. So, and the so like, two, two games out of American Pinball? Why? They're shut down for making the first one. You're not being realistic at all. Now, you don't have to judge it just off of output, but your argument did lead into that. Uh, I think that we've been seeing so far this year, it feels like it's the return to form year. We're seeing fan layouts. That's what Stranger Things is. That's what Hot Wheels is. Rick and Morty's not. Rick and Morty is not. That is true. And uh, Heist is not either. So it's Mm -hmm. not everyone. But uh, given the the impact on the production numbers, I just think that it's going to feel like a light year. And because of that, I think it's going to feel like it's a less innovative year. Stranger Things has innovation like projection mapping. That's not innovative. I know, but it hasn't been super well received. Killer theme. Yeah, but I think if, if you're going to do a direct code, if you're going to do a direct comparison versus the output and ingenuity from the year prior to this year, I mean, we're already behind the eight ball just in terms of amount of pins that are being released. So yeah, uh, it's okay, not that the talent. On. It's not that the talent's not there. This is just it's just practical logistics. I just don't think 2020 is going to go down as a as a as strong of a year. It may right. still be a good year, but not as strong. At this point, Stern Pinball last year released one pin. It was the Munsters. At this point this year, they've released Stranger Things. You guys take your pick for me right now. Stranger Things Pinball or Munsters Pinball. Go. Exactly. That's my point. So, from Stern Pinball perspective, the only yeah, judgment we have do, right now is it's better the this year. game come out of Stern Pinball? I mean, if you're going to argue that, you're, not, you're looking at a small sample size of what was released early in the year. Okay, what if we don't so have the next come out but, again until June? So, now you've lost six months of production. And I'm not arguing that I think it's a worst year. I'm just saying that in comparison well, to last no, year, yeah, Ken, Ken's it's right be because if we're if we have a multi month production delay, and we probably will, okay. and there's thus just built up demand for more Stranger Things, they're going to put those on the line, then go and do Twiddles, and we don't get Elwin's game at all this year. But what if we there get will this? not be three corners? Look, guys, this year. I think it's easy to jump into that, but listener. Follow me here. I've just compared Munsters to Stranger Things. We know who the winner was there. If we have a next upcoming game from Stern Pinball, we get to compare it to, wait for it, Black Knight Sword of Rage. Listener, where are you going there? And then it's endless. Maybe we get another boutique from Stern by the end of the year. My point being is it's easy to say, yeah, because of this COVID thing. But I think Stern's got some things up their sleeves as well as Jersey Jack Pinball. I don't, I don't doubt anything that you just said. I'm just saying comparing it to last year and the output and the amount of pins that came out. I think we lose out. a manufacturer this year. Oh, hard to But that might, not, that might not be for the uh, a bad thing, though. I think that the community will view 2019 as a better overall year for pinball if you can say, well, 2019, 
only lost Suncoast and 2020 lost. You said what what products were (laughs) going to be better. And I think right now, objectively, 2020 is already winning. Yeah, I I can see what you're saying. I mean, there's and I think what Dennis said specifically at the beginning is in what comparison are you making? I mean, there's so many different ways that you could look about that. You could also look at how the hobby rallies and and goes on this wild sprint for the last half of the year to say that this was the best year in pinball ever. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it. That's why I think there's too many variables. You need something more structured to make a direct comparison for me. Hot Wheels compared to Oktoberfest? I don't know. I would have no idea. I've not played Hot Wheels. A Monster Bash remake compared to the rumored Cactus Canyon by CGC? I know which one I'd pick. Ooh, that's a good discussion, fellas. That's what got us in the top three. Right there. Oh, really? <laughs> it's just are... dead silence. Man, like, yeah. no. Man. I don't know with where that whole conversation went, but it is what it is, I suppose. Well, I think we're at the end of the show now, and we can yeah. just stop, right? Right, Zach? No, we're missing a segment. No, what? Uh, no. Side note, when talk. I, I came up with a, a gold standalone saying for 2020 us arguing this whole what's better maybe the favorite term that i've ever created instead of debbie downer dennis downer people that right there that's gold put it on a shirt put it on a bumper sticker dennis downer I like when you laugh at your perceived, perceived jokes <laughs> when like this. Something's I was waiting for the, the cricket noise to present it itself did, no. all on its own there for a second. Nope. Nope. People are loving it. I can feel it. I can smell it. Dennis Downer. I don't like you. Hey, you got some market trends for us? <laughs> let's just. <laughs> I like Jeez. Uh, you like that transition? Oh, let's just. Let's oh, get where you two trends. can beat up on the greatest pinball podcast segment in all whoa, of yeah. history. Whoa, 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 Why are you always whoa, hating whoa, on whoa. market trends? Whoa. Now, this is what sparked controversy <laughs> with me. You saying that I don't like the segment. I never said I didn't like it. I just said, hey, let's, let's get it going. <laughs> Which doesn't matter. Everyone thinks you hate it. They I know. You hate it more than me now. I'm guilty by some association here that I did not even yep. know I was taking That's part Zach's in. That's so. He manipulates Look, and twists. A lot right. of people have 21 questions about this segment. Some want to drain it. Some want to save it. But the pinball show's pinball market trends is here. Yes, it is. <laughs> Training up this week is something I forgot all about last week. And, you know, with the secondary market not really trending up in general, I'm going to trend up a product that just came out that has been desired for years upon years upon years, especially those redoing pinball machines and restoring pinball machines. Trending up this week is from Merco. Merco Playfields has created the new Indiana Jones Playfield reproduction. Oh, didn't, didn't you see this, Crommy? Did you see this? No, I didn't see uh, nope. that. Oh, people have been waiting for a remake of this playfield. Some of the NOS playfields have been going for crazy amounts of dollars in the last five years. But now that Merco has repopped these playfields, not only can you choose the option of a buttery, clear-coated playfield, but now, glitter! You can have glitter on your Merco IJ playfield. Does it get any better than that, guys? Talk about trending up. If I was restoring a pinball machine right now, my pants would be trending up. 
Also, t- is that what, is that's so messed so up, dude. What so happened? What do they do? They just throw glitter on it and they clear the glitter. <laughs> they, oh, it's so in one of the silkscreen colors. They they present some glitter. So I don't know if they use it in the yellow mm. or the orange or the red. Right? They, it it uh it sounds pretty inauthentic to me. Wow. So nice, guys. It's not just your yellow brick road glitter. It's not just your Wonka splash of candy glitter. This is tried and true to the playfield and to the theme. Around some of the inserts that are green are now an emerald glittery green. Around some of the inserts that are orange are a burnt glittery orange. Yeah, so oh. it's not you're not getting I'm like just a, imagining a glitter like a shaker, Christmas right? Christmas cookies. <laughs> That's all I'm imagining. Right? Who doesn't like, like little... Christmas cookies? You could just shake no, more glitter on the playfield. Not the play glitter field. part. It sprinkles get everywhere and you have to vacuum. You know what? To be fair, I think Christmas cookies are shit. They suck. Sugar uh, cookies? You're not getting the right Ugh. Christmas cookies, and I hope that mm. Nicole isn't making those because you just kind of no. buried yourself there, buddy. No. When it comes there to- are a lot of different types of Christmas cookies. You got gingerbread. You got shortbread. Ugh, you got ginger- the sugar cookies. Who the f- likes gingerbread? Nobody yeah. likes gingerbread cookies. No. It's a snickerdoodle. That's good. A snickerdoodle is just a sugar cookie. Yeah, no, it's not. It's a cinnamon snicker, sugar snicker cookie. Thank you. There's barely any cinnamon in a Snickerdoodles recipe. It's for pretentious people who act like they have. There's just taste. enough cinnamon for you to recognize yeah. that there's cinnamon. And I, yeah, I'm a big fan allergy. of the Snickerdoodle. God, my throat all swells up, and I'm like gasping. Eating Christmas cookies is like eating white bread without anything else. Ugh. It's boring. It's plain. It doesn't have the glitter. I don't take food advice for someone who puts ketchup on a hot dog. I put ketchup on a hot dog, and I'm from Chicago. Boom, baby. Yes, I do. Ketchup, mustard. That's That's a great combination. Where's your celery salt? Where's your little peppers? I I can Mm. use celery salt and little banana peppers or whatever it takes. Yeah. We don't need any of that. Just ketchup, baby. I had one yesterday. I haven't had a hot dog in probably two years. So. Had one 12 hours ago. Grilled out yesterday. <laughs> you eat a lot of hot dogs. It was grilled, awesome. Grilled out. That's code for use the microwave. Yes. No, it wasn't. I got baby. the charcoal, the uh, Komodo. <laughs> the commode. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if we're going to trend up Mirko's glitter Indiana Jones playfield, we might as well trend up the new decals that came out as well. <gasps> Uh-oh. They oh, did. stickers. Yes. Well, there. look, on Obtainium, my friend, trying to get some NOS decals, all of you guys who restore pinball machines out there, who buy restored nice example pinball machines, know those things can fade, they can scratch, and you can't get reproductions, legally anyway, but now you can. You can also get a damn rad cow. You want that son of a bitch as buttery as you want your play field, boom, Murko's got you covered. So you add your glitter play field, you add your Murko decal, you add your Mirko rad cows, and then you call CPR up, get you a mirrored back glass for that Indiana Jones. People, people, people. That's what I'm talking about, trending up this week on Pinball Market Trends. Also trending up is mm. the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. Oh, my Anybody God. Anybody see this show? Right? Uh, no, but my Facebook feed is just filled with memes now. Oh, it's. I looked on Netflix to see what it was, and what the hell is this? So I had to go to Ozark, right to Ozark Season 3 for me. Right to Ozark Season 3. Nope, the Tiger King is where it's out. Mr. Joe Exotic sitting in the penitentiary right now. No spoilers given. But you know what? The recent podcaster that won three Twippies in a row, Kaneda heralded himself recently on social media saying he is Pinball's Joe Exotic. And you know what, Chris? Finally, we agree on something. Trending down this week is Stern Pinball Star Trek Premium. Oh, man, I have one for sale. Is that like inverse bias is that the oh my gosh what, what, what would that be dennis I, i'm not i don't comment on bias anymore. Well, what's the opposite of bias 
bias against the other side is still bias. It would be oh. neutrality would be the opposite. So I'm bias. I'm being biased against myself. Mark it down here on the pinball so shows pinball market still, trends. Still biased. I'm Same word. Just, just the other belt. Instead bell of a, for, instead of a shill, you're a, a leash. I'm a kill. <laughs> From shill to kill. Kill this segment. <laughs> kill this segment. Joe, Joe Exotic is the one that put him over the edge. Star Trek premiums on the secondary market are they're trending down. Sixty five hundred tops. That's for a nice secondary Star Trek premium. That's a shame too, because that's when Stern Pinball was still doing the powder coat. They were still doing the different. To- oh man. 6,500, that's a steal. But now it's trending down, so I'm screwed. Holding steady this week. Woo! I'm getting tired already. But we got a segment to finish here. Holding steady is Jurassic Park Limited Edition by Stern Pinball. These things, uh, these are kind of tough to find. And $8,500, I'm not going to see them drop below that. So if you see them drop below that, it's probably a pretty good deal. But Jurassic Parks, I thought the premium is kind of where it's at, and those are selling really well. But you see those kind of dropping a little bit in price. But the the LE, the limited edition, is it's holding steady at eighty five hundred. Good, good for it. I wouldn't mind having one of those LEs though. By the way, let's transition over to save you guys some money the honest, ethical way in the pinball show, pinball market trends deals of the week. Bye bye bye. The segment gets longer every week. I'm noticing. No, it doesn't. Damn it. A little bit. It does. If we feel it. Why do you have to do deal of the week? Can't you just drop it at least and just keep market trends? You know what, Dennis? This week, you're going to actually like my deal of the week. So much so, it wouldn't be surprising to me if you opened up your wallets and out comes a little money because the deal of the week this week is off a pin side by PB Earwood outside of Ind- Ooh, Indianapolis. That's close. He's got an Atari Airborne Avenger. Ah, right, Dennis? Crazy. You like you some Atari, don't you? Super wide body airborne Avenger. Due to the location permanently closing, he f- feels the need to sell off a few machines. Um, well, that's just sad. I'm sorry. This pin has been fully shopped. LEDs, rubbers installed. And he says, you know, it, it currently plays, but the display and GI not really working. Haven't had time to go through and correct the issue. There's a little bit of wear on the play field, which Atari doesn't have a little bit of wear. A little scratch on the back glass. Good luck finding a repro, so that's going to be fine. The lockdown bar and the side rail, they look like shit. I'll give them that, but you can find some replacements there. But he does have some miscellaneous parts. Some additional Al-I doors unpopulated. He'd sell for $50. Do you know anything about those Al-I doors on the Ataris, Dennis? Nope. It's a rare, different kind of door that went on the Atari. Oh, oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I wasn't hearing that. You weren't listening. He wasn't paying any attention. That, that's what happened. No. Yes, I wasn't. Yes. No, he's, I had an Atari, and yes, it had the Al, the Allies on yes. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got two additional Allies unpopulated. 50 apiece. Anyway, this sounds like a junker. It sounds like a clunker, but try to find you an Airborne Avenger. Dendon will agree that these aren't the easiest to find, and it's $600, fellas. That's a deal of the week. Bye, bye, bye! Dennis, what do you think about Airborne Avenger? I know that you know plenty about this title. I've never played it. <clears throat> well, I've never played a lot. it. I would, I <laughs> would never... All right. <laughs> I would Thanks only a pay $600 for a fully working Atari with the exception of Superman. Really? How often do you see Ataris pop up? Well, we had an Airborne Avenger around here for 600 for over half a year. When was that? It wasn't 2013. working, though, so they couldn't sell it. Again, without me having played it, the problem for Airborne Avenger is it's not a good player. 
other than all that, it sounds like a hell of a deal of a week going on here. It's Gen 1, so all the boards are in the base. So I don't know whether or not this has the Plexi cover that Atari started providing to operators so that the things quit catching on fire. And that was the Fifth Wall Show Strumball Market Trims! Woo! Didn't win a Twiffy. Thankfully. That's what the Twiffy should have done. Favorite pinball podcast segment. What? You should have oh, tried gosh. to craft Twiffy categories to win. You're going to decide. Ugh, that's, that's great. Sad. I should have trended down old Chooch off a pin side for saying, likely it's why he was inferring to me, likely why Zach created the pinball network earlier in the year when the results started coming in and he wasn't going to win the Twiffy. Oh, God. You're right. That was the whole thing. The whole motive for everybody Jeez. to leave their podcast and start a network <laughs> we was because you Twiffy. had something going on behind the scenes with uh, voting of the Twippies. Uh, fellas, permission to revive Tick of the Week. Tick of the Week. No, maybe. No. That was a close one, Chooch. I got my eyes on you. On behalf of Bill Webb and Zach Minnie and Ken Cromwell, Steve Beattie, all of Chicago, except for those. This is Lord Helmet. This is Lord Helmet. This is Lord of the Ring breath here. Taco Pizza. Miss Taco Pizza. Where has he been? Love all those people. Remember Dirty Toes B? I don't see him anymore. All right, everybody. That's going to conclude episode seven of the Pinball Show, only on the Pinball Network. You can reach us at thepinballshow at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook at The Pinball Show. You can reach us anywhere. And if you're listening to us, it's most likely because you've subscribed in your podcatcher. So we appreciate it. Dennis, where can the listeners reach out to contact you? They can always reach out at eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com or through facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. I monitor both of those areas. I do not have my own super special TPN email. No, I just actually, while we were doing this recording, I, I created one for you. It's it's Denny Downer at uh, gmail.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't use that. I won't check it. I didn't even know there was a pinball show at gmail.com. I only knew about the pinball network at gmail.com. Do we yeah, have there a was website? a pinball show. I forgot that I created it, and I noticed there was email stuck in there that I had not been I do have access to. to the pinball network at gmail.com. I see someone uh, has emailed us asking about creating a show, if they could create a podcast that would target puppets. What? What? Puppets. Oh, this this could be this could be great. It's from Puppet Pals. Show oh, submission. I hey love pals. It. Pals with a Z, so I'm trying to say it right. Hey pals. We've been thinking about doing our own podcast, but we're just not sure we can do it ourselves. We also think that bringing a new level of diversity and inclusion for puppet kind would really <laughs> not just would really not just benefit <laughs> us, but also What is what is puppet <laughs> kind? I don't even what is that? Puppet kind, you know, like man like puppet kind. Like furries? People oh, this, not is, this, this is a troll email really Not sure. just benefit us, but also TPN. Right. I'm sh- I, as I'm sure you know, puppets have been marginalized in mainstream <laughs> media for years. We hope to show a really different side to puppet kind. So let's talk some pinball and have fun. With the bottom Let side of the hand? To do to be considered. Thanks and have a super terrific day. The Puppet Pals. Nothing plays out better than puppets on podcasts. And you know what? In the effort of being in- inclusive here, I would not rule it out. Let's do Did it. Did you know that I used to be a ventriloquist? What? Please tell me you're being serious. No, I'm not. I'm oh. sorry. Damn it. I was well, like, <laughs> that would have been awesome. well, who? who is your dummy? Like, <laughs> oh, be well, careful well, we there. We all know you are now. <laughs> I was back just going to say. He, he just, he just realized he, he was alive. <laughs> like, no, that, you know what? 
Yeah, low-hanging fruit there. Aces, boys. Nice. Puppet kind. <laughs> you want to tell everybody where they can reach you, Zach? So you can reach me at thepinballnetwork at gmail.com if you'd like to buy a brand new, beautiful, or slightly used pre-owned pinball machine. Give us a call at 812-457-9711. That's for flipping out. Or email me directly at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at flip, the letter N, out, pinball.com. Uh, we pride ourselves on customer satisfaction and getting you these machines safe and quick and backing up the product afterwards, as well as providing media and free content. Give us a try. You'll be happy for the decision you made. Also, be looking out for my guest appearance on Puppet Pals, Pinball Puppet Pals coming up. Um, really looking forward to that, as well as all the other TPN content that's available this week and last week. We had a new final round pinball podcast that you guys should go check out. And the streamers. Much love for the streamers. And happy birthday, Joe Fox. Yeah, happy birthday, Joe Fox. Happy birthday, Joe Fox. Have a great birthday. We appreciate everybody allowing us to play a part of your morning, afternoon, or evening. For Dennis Creasel and Zach Many, I'm Ken Cromwell. Always practice safe pinballing. All right, all right, all right up. Can we stop now? <laughs> Absolutely, we can. Everybody be safe, and don't forget to take some time out of your day. Play some pinball. So long, everybody. Let me give you a line from one of my favorite Scottish historical films. What cannot be helped, Zach, must be endured. So, endure it. One of my favorite Scottish historical films. That's yes. like a category that I never would have thought of, man. I like that. It was Braveheart. Let's not f***ing bullshit each other. <laughs> it's not f***ing Braveheart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Distro watch. That's right. Jack Many to use the the uh, mind-infected uh, Theoden, King of Rohan line, you have no power here. I don't think we'll get it this year, but what if we did get like a Back to the Future? Holy shit. The I, I could care less about you, Back to the Future as a There are four people in this hobby who care about that. Yeah, I don't bullshit, care about Back dude. to the Future. But it's you Monsters 2.0. Dude, you guys, you have to at least be able to take yourself out of the equation, of the yeah, pit. I recognize yeah. that it's a highly sought-after theme, but like for me, it really does nothing. I get that. No, I, I, I just, I, I really have trouble. I just compared to like Ghostbusters, I just don't see it. I just don't see it's, it. It's right up there for a, for a, a ton well, of people. I, I mean, I'll take your word for it, but it's just, it's really hard for me to. It's, it's equivalent to the Goonies. It that, really people is. People told me that about Monsters. They told me that this was an. And Who remember said the hype that? Around, the hype around Monsters was ridiculous. But it wasn't though. about the theme. But it wasn't ridiculous. the theme. Yeah, I think Back to the Future is discussed way more than Monsters ever was. But let me ask you this. If you could have one of these pins, would you rather have, and I guess I'll direct it to Zach because I don't know that Dennis, again, we don't care about Back to the Future. Would you rather have a new Back to the Future, say by Deep Root or somebody stern, or would you rather have uh, Goonies? I, the, we did that on the check out uh, straight down the middle's episode 107 where we did discuss that. Oh, I, why, I, would, why would I do that? They can't even win a fucking Twippy. I, I care. <laughs> I only watch the Twippy award winning YouTube channels. I'm watching Papa all day. Uh, I can't pick. It's like picking a child there because those are my two. You take Harry Potter and I have a hot loaf on Harry Potter's forehead to make another lightning bolt because these two themes, Back to the Future and the Goonies, <laughs> those, mean? because I don't care about Harry Potter when we're talking about the two dream themes that I have left, and that is Goonies. And I don't Back care about Harry Future. Potter either. 1A, 1B. 
You know, what I, you know what I cared about? I cared about Stranger Things, and I'm still not sure how that worked out for me. So let's just. <laughs> have, have you learned finally not to love? Because that's the only way to truly enjoy the hobby. Just don't love. If you want to reach me, reach out to. Oh, oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sack. Oh, man. It's. it's <laughs> this is. <laughs> Okay. The, the, the best is uh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh gosh, you're crazy, bro. You're crazy.